0: Welcome back to the Monitor Sports Podcast. Eric Winston-Lobel here with Dan Torrey. Back after a week hiatus. I was sick, so I don't think anyone wanted to listen to me try to do a podcast this time last week. But, Dan, we're back. Big show ahead. Second half, we'll hear from Bo Girls basketball head coach Phil Davis. The Falcons are off to a 13-0 start this season and trying to avenge last year's D2 championship game loss. So that's a team that's had a phenomenal year. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But Dan, let's start with a team that I haven't seen play in a couple weeks, but they're on a, on a roll right now. That's Concord Girls Hockey. The Tide have won nine games in a row. In the last four games, they're outscoring opponents 34 to 1. That includes three straight shutouts. They're now 10-2-0, and they're currently tied for second in the girls' hockey standings. And that's quite a turn from where things were when I first saw them play. They were, I think, 2-2 two and two in, in the first game I saw. But as you've said, the parity in girls' hockey is very volatile. And so, you know, it's all one division, everybody's playing everybody some games you might win seven to one you might lose the next day seven nothing so we've kind of seen that with Concord girls hockey and they've been on the winning end of those games more often than not lately
1: yeah, I mean it's hard to argue with the results. I mean they, they've, I think, uh, and the last three games have also been all been by nine nothing scores as well. So they've certainly they're they're cer- certainly playing well. You don't win don't win that much by accident, but uh, really quietly the tide have have moved on up, and the team that they're tied for second place with is the Bishop Brady Trinity Londonderry. Don't know what their team name is. I, I refer to them as BLT the way uh, head coach Dan Early does. I don't know if they're still the giant pioneers now that they have the, the Lancers on board as well. But I mean, really quietly, both of these teams have been on huge roles. Um, BLT also 10 and 2. They've won six straight games, uh, they've had four straight shutouts. So, uh, and it's interesting because y- you still don't really know how that'll shake out because Hanover and Bishop Gerton who are also at the top. Hanover plays the minimum number of games against NHIAA teams that they have to in order to to qualify for the NHIAA uh, postseason tournament. And Bishop Girton has a few games against Massachusetts teams as well, just based on their geography and the fact that they are also a a parochial school. So it's interesting. It's hard to – the seedings don't necessarily – line up in the way that you see with a lot of other sports when all the teams are playing each other and and they might have faced each other a couple of times by this point. But um, both uh, uh, Coach Herbert of the Conquer Crimson Tide and Coach Early of Brady, Trinity London, both could not be happier with how their teams are playing right now. Um, They've both had huge turnarounds and and this is the time this is the time where you want to start seeing that um, as we are we are quickly approaching as we'll talk about later in the show we are quickly approaching the postseason um, but definitely worth mentioning those two programs off the top I mean that's that's really an incredible streak regardless of who you're playing in and, and how you're getting there to win that many games and and to be as dominant as they have as they have been uh, as of late are, are very is very impressive. Those are two very impressive streaks uh, that our area girls hockey teams have right now.
0: And then on the boys' side, speaking of impressive streaks, of course, Concord boys hockey—they haven't lost a regular season game all year. The boys won three games last week. They beat Hanover six nothing. They beat six to four. They beat Londonderry six nothing, and then beat Pinkerton two nothing. So the Tide are 13-0-0 on the season with five games left, four of which are on the road. So only one more game at Everett Arena in the regular season. The next game for the Tide will be Saturday at Salem. Um, So a bit of a break for them as they hit the home stretch of the regular season. Dan, I know you also put in a rundown here. Bo has been playing some good boys hockey lately as well.
1: Yeah, they've won uh they, they've won four of its last six, including a big win over Bedford. That's their first win over the Bulldogs in ten years, and the first that Bo has had since they moved up to Division One a few years ago. So Bo definitely playing um better as of late. They are a team that is uh fighting for its playoff life. They are uh, one spot out of the playoffs right now um and then i uh yesterday i watched the belmont guilford berlin gorham the battle of the bgs uh that division three rivalry a rematch of last year's championship game belmont guilford won four to one um pretty much were in control of that game from start to finish uh that's the second time that belmont guilford has beaten Berlin Gorham this year to avenge last year's loss in the championship game. Uh, it was also a very special game for the Belmont Guilford Bulldogs. That was the Jake DeWare Kindness Project game, uh, a game where they're, they are raising funds uh, and donations for that caused Jake DeWare, a t- 2019 graduate of Belmont High School who died tragically in a, a dirt biking accident a couple... Uh, uh, at the age of twenty, um, in, in November of, of twenty twenty, so a very meaningful game uh, for more reason for more than one reason for the Belmont Guilford Bulldogs. So a big win for them. Belmont Guilford thirteen and zero, and in first place in Division three, they've outscored opponents eighty 87- seven to 17 in that stretch. Um, Owen Guerin with 46 points. I think the breakdown was 26 goals and 20 assists as I, I believe what I have. He is the leading point scorer in division three. Um, and and Berlin Gorham at nine and three is in second place. So not necessarily mathematically sealed, but, but effectively have, have assured itself a top spot or Belmont Guilford, I mean, has assured itself a top spot in the division three tournament. So it's was a good the chance to see them play. They looked very sharp on the ice. They moved the puck very well. They have a good amount of depth and they've got um, Owen Guerin, younger brother, Everton Guerin. They've got some, some strong top line players as well, which is a pretty good formula um, for success. So things heating up in all the sports, um, but, but boys hockey, especially have had some good, good results from our area teams in the last week.
0: Speaking of good results, I mean, we've we've, we've already covered hockey now. And on the basketball side, first with girls, Bo mentioned them at the top. We'll hear from their head coach, Phil Davidson in in a little bit. They are 13-0. The Falcons are. They beat Lebanon 57-21 on Tuesday. They beat Pembroke 55-35 on Thursday. Huge game coming up Tuesday night this week against 12-0 Kennett on the road. So Dan, that's a big test. I mean, Bo's kind of passed every test it's faced this year, but Tuesday road game against a fellow unbeaten team doesn't define the season because Bo is kind of in a championship, you know, winning a championship mindset. And this is still the regular season, but Tuesday's
1: game definitely has big implications for the Falcons. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be the biggest test that they face so far. Um, there's the it's a long bus ride to get to to get to Conway. It's it's at least a couple hours on the bus from Bo. Uh, probably uh, a late start to that game. Probably a late night for them as well. So definitely, all those things could could play a factor. Um, but we we really haven't seen at least nothing that that comes to mind. You haven't really seen um, Bo be challenged in any. In any of these games yet, um, I'm trying to look through, uh, look through their schedule. Not yeah, nothing has been, nothing has been particularly close. The closest game that, yeah, the closest game that I see is a 12 point win over Hanover on January 10th, and that is uh, a 12 point win over Laconia on the 18th. So um, Ken, it's a team that has that has a lot of different players who can score and something that Bo does very well defensively is they're really good at keying in on um, the, the, the key players and the star players and, and keeping their point totals low, like we saw against Laconia and Hanover that have got some some pretty big names on those teams. But Ken, it's very, uh, a very deep team and they have a lot of players who can score. They have a lot of players who can score in different ways. They can shoot from the outside. They've got some size in the paint. So it'll be interesting to see how Bo's defense um, matches with them and just seeing how their shots fall uh, on the offensive side of things after uh, after a long trip to get there. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wish that one was a bow, honestly, because I wish that'd be a that would be a great one to cover and a and a great one to see. Hopefully, there's some some live streaming of that, because I'd be very interested in tuning in and see how that how that looks. Um, but it'll definitely be a big contest, and and you know if if Bo loses that one, it's you know obviously as you said the season is far from over. Um, but I think you know seeing how teams respond to those big tests is is you know can be very telling of, of where a team is at as we get into more of a, a playoff uh mindset.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's one of those games where you win and it's just a big a bigger confidence boost. And if you lose, it's all right, well here's an opportunity to maybe figure out things that we need to focus on. Cause like when you're when you're 13 0 this late into the season, obviously there's things that, that coach Davis wants the team to still get better at and, and the players probably want to improve at but it's not as like it doesn't feel as urgent maybe because you're winning. But if, you know you lose a game, it gives you that chance to kind of regroup and kind of see where your weaknesses are compared to another top team in the division. Now in Division one, I wanted to mention Concord girls because I was at their game last Monday night when they lost to Portsmouth 52 to 31. They also lost on Tuesday to Bishop Girton 74 to 36. Uh, Concord's now six and seven on the year. They're currently 13th in division one, 14 teams make the playoffs. So right on the dividing line between getting in and not now uh, head coach, Rob Darrell thinks that, you know, the goal is obviously for the team to make the playoffs. It's been a challenging year for them. I mean, again, six and seven is not terrible, as we talked about when we mentioned uh, we talked about this team a couple podcasts ago, but they're not quite consistent enough to be a team that you think could make a deep run in the playoffs. They just haven't been able to put everything together. Coach has said every time I've talked to him that they still haven't played a 32 minute game. Now, what does that mean exactly? I mean, each coach has their own definition. I think for him, it's just, you know, the ability to score. Um, So, you know, the ability to score and then not let the game get away from you. I think the big challenge they've had, too, is third quarters, they come out of halftime and they've struggled. So the consistency has not been there. Uh, Again, six and seven, right on the chopping block for making making into the playoffs. Still some time left to right the ship, but uh, things have been a little bit up and down in, in Rob Darrell's first year as the head coach of, Conquered girls. Uh, also in the area, last girls' game I want to mention is Merrimack Valley and Bishop Brady. They played on Friday night at Bishop Brady. MV won forty-two to thirty-one. Uh, that snapped a two-game losing streak for the Pride. It also snapped a, a five-game winning streak that Bishop Brady had. Now, MV and Bishop Brady both kind of in similar spots in. The standings, MV is five and seven. Now Brady is six and seven. Brady's had a weird season, Dan, because they lost the first game, won five, in, uh, lost five in a row, then won five in a row. MV is, has had a really tough schedule, and I'll, I'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, but it was a big win for MV. Now, Bishop Brady's uh, starting point guard did not play in that game. She was hurt, but even still, a big win for MV to go on the road and get.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think MV is, is a team that's a lot better than their record indicates. At least based on what I saw of them in the uh, Capital Classic over the holiday break, uh, MV was in the championship against John Stark, and I saw them uh, they, a game that uh, MV did lose. But again, I think a, a better team than than their record indicates, and and they've had a tough schedule so far. Um, and and it has been a weird season for for Bishop Brady as well. Um, I think a, a five game win streak entering the week. I think we're hoping hoping to keep that going. Um, but again, I think now that we're you know getting close to the getting close to the playoffs, I think any 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 winnable games that you can get at this point, you you want you want to get. I think these are the you know the type of close matchups where you want to be winning them. Um, down the stretch to, to just be in a better place heading into the playoffs than, you know, losing some of these winnable games and, and then, you know, potentially have to play a really high seed, um early on in the tournament. I, I you, I, I misspoke before. And I said
0: that the loss for Brady snapped their five game winning streak. It had been snapped earlier in the week, as you alluded to Dan against Pelham. Um, that was Thursday. And then they lost again on Friday. Five games left for Brady, head coach Salosa, Sal hoping to get his point guard Peyton Bryson back sooner than later. He wasn't sure if she would be back in time for Tuesday's game against Laconia, but uh, they are kind of in wait and see mode there. And then for Merrimack Valley, I mentioned their schedule. So if you look at the schedule, we don't have to go through the entire thing because so it's long, but they've played a lot of the top teams in the division already. The, the Their remaining six games this year, are against teams that have a combined record, per my math, of 26 and 48. Now, that's helped them by the fact that they play Kingswood, who I believe is like 0-12, and Derryfield, who's not very good. But even still, there are wins on the schedule. And Head coach Bob McNutt kind of hinted at the fact that you no know, no game is easy, no opponent can be taken for granted, but he's hoping that they can kind of put some wins together and build that momentum going into the playoffs. the one area of focus for them in particular for improvement has been scoring. He's been very pleased with the defensive effort. The offense has not been there as much, so uh, they need to you know he said they need to figure out ways to score the basketball more if they want to you know make a good uh, have a successful end of the season and then into the playoffs. Now, on the boys' basketball side, uh, Merrimack Valley and Bishop Brady played after the girls' game on Friday night. MV also won that game 58-46. to 46. Uh, That ended a three-game losing streak for Merrimack Valley. And it was a big rebound game for them after losing a heartbreaker to Pelham at home earlier in the week, 64 in overtime. Pelham, one of the top teams in Division II and um, – you know, MV was worried about a letdown after that, because obviously you get all uh, jazzed up for that home game. You got the crowd behind you. You come so close to winning. I think Pelham had two buzzer beating shots in those games to tie and then win in regulation overtime. So it could be easier than turn around on Friday and just have a letdown. And MV did not play its best, but it did enough to win. And I think, you know, MV's not, a top team in division two, but I, you know, if you're looking at teams that could upset somebody in the playoffs, I think MV is one of them because they just play a relentless defense. Their full court press gives opponents a lot of trouble. And, you know, they've played a lot of these good teams already and they haven't necessarily won the games, but they've put up a fight and I I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm looking too much into the defense, but then I could see MV making a little bit of, of a run Uh, once we get into the playoffs.
1: I would agree. Based on when I saw them play, I I noted the same thing. They were relentless on the boards. They were going after loose balls, all the things that if you do those things, you're going to be in in a game, no matter who you play. Um, You know, if you, if you play with that kind of, that kind of effort. And with that level of, of physicality, um, they also have players who can really go off and and shoot the ball. Well, Brandon Duquette can, can score from long range, Buddy Eddie can score points in bunches. Um, I have seen Logan, uh, Gabor's name up there a few times as the leading scorer, Trevor Simmons has, has led them in scoring a few times. So they have a lot of different players who could potentially, um, have a really good shooting night and, and get a lot of points for them. So I would agree with your assessment of MV. I think they're another team that uh, you don't want to face them early, regardless of what seed they are. I think that could, that could be an upset. Um, but the MV, they, they probably at this point, look like they could host a couple of games right now. They're oh, up. Uh, well, yep, yeah, they could host. I don't have their, their record in front of me. I think they're eight and th- three. Nine and five, nine and, nine five. and five. So it yeah. looks like they're they're in a spot where they're on the bubble, but probably could host a game. But I think you are correct. They are a team that could knock off one of the top seeds later on. So MV has
0: uh, a bit of a break. They don't play again until Friday. They'll face Oyster River on the road. And uh, again, it'll kind of give them a, a time to you know recover after uh, a big week of games. I also wanted to mention Co-Brown boys basketball. They also beat Bishop Brady this week. Sorry to be railing on Bishop Brady. They had a rough week athletically, but at least on the basketball world, uh, Co-Brown beat them at Co-Brown 66-52 on Tuesday night and then beat Kingswood 70-57 to on Friday. They're now 8-3 and three on the year, tied for sixth in Division Two, and What's most notable about them is head coach David Smith is allegedly one win away from the 628th of his career, which would be the most for a boys basketball coach in New Hampshire history. Now I say allegedly because there is no centralized record keeping of such data. So Based on what I've gathered from the Cole Brown Athletic Department and other folks uh, that are associated with Cole Brown have informed me, he is one win away from that record. Uh, Dan Parr holds the overall record. I believe he had 704 wins. If you combine his boys and girls win total, uh, Smith would be breaking his boys total with the next win. Uh, Cole Brown, another team, Dan, that, you know, we, we we've got a lot of good teams in Division two basketball on the boys side this year and on the girls side. But, you know, talking boys now, I mean, Cole Brown, another team that that has some firepower and uh, could be
1: a, a team to watch come the playoffs. Yep. Uh, eight and three currently tied for six. They're looking like they're going to be hosting uh, at least one game. Um and I, I, really the reason why I think they're down in six is just because they haven't played as many games as some of these other teams. They've played 11 games. A lot of the teams at the top of the standings have played 11 or 12. Um, so I think once, you know, th- those games in hand kind of even out, I think you could see um, Co Brown really moving up that ladder. If teams like MV are, are, are playing less this week and Co Brown is still playing a full schedule for this week, I think you could see them potentially move up. Um, but we are down to the the final week of the regular season for division three and division four basketball. And the other two divisions are not far behind. Um, So we've got uh, a lot of these games are going to have really big implications as we go down, as we go down the stretch here. Um, some of the boys teams to throw out their Concord four and eight. They're one spot out of the playoffs in division one Bishop Brady, four and nine. They're one spot out in division two, um, Sarge, four and 11. They're one or two spots out of division three. So everything, uh, from, from this point on is, is extremely meaningful as far as playoff positions go. Um, and then we haven't covered them in a while, but did also want to throw out Conquer Christian 15 and 0. They are uh, on top of the division four standings. They're the only undefeated team uh, left in that division. One of the only undefeated teams left in the whole state. Um, Conquer Christian boys and, and bow girls of any division. I think there's maybe only four or five um, programs of that distinction remaining. So it's definitely, uh, definitely uh, impressive. Um Eric, I had a couple notes about some of our other sports quickly wanted to uh, whip through. It's been a great week for Hopkinton Skiing. Uh, their Alpine team won the Capital Cup at Proctor Academy this past week. The Capital Cup, they combined the boys' and girls' scores. Um, so kind of showing the, the depth of the overall program as a whole. Hopkinton won that uh, with Concord in second, and then Bow in third, um Bo's Patrick Walksmith winning the boys title and Concord's Mika Taylor winning the girls title. Um Hoppington overall team champions in that. And then the New Hampshire Coaches Series race, which is the uh for Nordic, that's a Two-part event where they have a classic race and a skate race, and then the combined team results of those two weeks determines the overall state champion. In many ways, this is bigger than the division championships um, because this is the entire state, uh, including some some private school programs as well. But Hopkinton is in second place on the girl side through that first week the classic race. The second race is this upcoming Saturday with the skate race. Uh and Eric, this is gonna be a big, big weekend in in sports. We've got part two of the coaches series for Nordic on Saturday. We have the swim championships on Saturday, uh, which is uh division two will be in the morning. Division one and on Saturday afternoon, both of those will be at the University of New Hampshire's Swayze pool. And then Sunday are the indoor track championships. That'll be Sunday at Dartmouth College, Super Bowl Sunday, of course, and synonymous with Super Bowl Sunday, indoor track championships if you are part of if you're a part of that world. Um, but division one will be in the morning and division two in the afternoon. Those will both be at Dartmouth Colleges, Leverone. Fieldhouse. So it's, it's a big, uh, bowling has, uh, is it their team championships? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Normal weekends for bowling gymnastics, uh, state championships for gymnastics this weekend as well. So, uh, just a lot, a lot happening in sort of those, you know, non-traditional individual sports and then wrestling championships are, will be on Saturday, the 18th for all three divisions. And, yeah, playoffs are going to be starting about that time for basketball as well. so the the rubber is really starting to meet the road as far as uh, where we are at on the calendar for a lot of our winter sports.
0: yeah, definitely hitting the 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 real busy point. I mean it's been a busy season already, but biggest games and matches and events of the year are still to come. So uh, we'll be we'll be out and about at these things as well. So hopefully you'll be following along with us. Let's get to my interview with Bo Girls Basketball head coach, Phil Davis. Excited to be here with Bo Girls Basketball head coach, Phil Davis. Coach Davis, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. So you're leading uh, best team in Division II right now for girls basketball, at least. 13-0. You guys have outscored. I think you're winning games by a margin of victory of at least 25 points. What's been kind of the key to, to all the success you guys have had so far this year?
2: I I think the biggest key is is that um, I have a group a group of uh, 13 13 girls that just really enjoy being with each other. Um, that's that's the first that's the first step um, uh, of having a great team. Um, and then buying into what the coaching staff has preached. Um, I've done in my third year coaching and all the ladies have really bought into, uh, my defensive mentality. And, um, I, am fortunate to have a bunch of great athletes that, uh, really buy in on the defensive side of the ball. Um, that's the difference, um, for us, you know, we, we may not put up a ton of points all the time, um, but we we certainly, when people come to play us, they know they're going to have to have an exceptional offensive night to be able to to uh, to hang with us at least.
0: Talking about defense, I mean, a lot of coaches talk about how you know most of most of being good at defensively is effort. Um, how much of it for you guys is effort? How much of it is you know scheme or X's and O's that you've tried to implement?
2: Uh, to, you know, I, I would love to take all the credit for X's and O's, um, but it is effort. Um, you know, you got to want to, you got to want to play defense. Um, and I'm very fortunate that I don't have to ever coach effort. Um, that's probably one of the hardest things that you know, for for teams that don't give effort, um, I don't have to coach it. Uh, I, I walk in and it starts. It starts with the the LaPerls and Bella and Lindsay. Um, and then, and then Sydney Roberge, um, just a three, you know, all defensive teams. I mean, any coach in the state would love to have one of those, one of those three, and I am lucky to have all of them. Um, you know, so uh, it starts with them, and then you have the tenacity of, of Alex. You know, Alex is is an engine that just doesn't stop going. Um, she anticipates well. Um, she's able to get up and down that court. What's like nonstop. Um, you know, and with those four on the floor at the same time, it, it just poses a big problem. Um, you know, we, we pick people up, you know, we, we try to stretch that all the way out to the 94 feet and, and, make people have to start their offense all the way down there and, and, and work it all the way down, down the court. So, um, our goal is, is to wear people out. Um, because not only do I have them, you know, I have, you know, I have a great bench as well. Uh, whether you're talking about, you know, uh, Ella Trefethen, freshman, Breeza Pan, Kendall Murray, Kate LaBreck, um, all girls that will come in and give that same type of defensive effort. Uh, you know, we do a lot of defense, defense defensive practice, and and it shows even, even when, even then, when we start to get the subbing in, um, that intensity level never drops. And and that's what I coach, you know, and, and, and I'm very fortunate that, uh, they come in with effort, and, and and I don't have to push them for it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, having watched you guys in person a few times this year, you, you know, it's not like you have, like, you know, three-star players, and then everyone else is just kind of complementary to that. Like, you have a lot of depth on this team, and I imagine that just makes your life very easy.
2: It, it helps, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, again, you know, some of the best games, and, and this isn't, this isn't um this is just the way it is some of our best competition in practice is in practice i mean if i break up all these kids and we go five on five i mean it gets intense uh they 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 play in practice you know uh just like they do in the games and and when you put them against each other i mean my goodness you put bella bella and Lindsay against each other and it's like oh my god um you know it's it's just an it's great you know you put sydney against alex i mean talk about how we're getting better uh when you when you're able to put those people against each other um you know trying to guard jewels uh tarza juliet tarza in practice yeah i mean that's just making our defenders that much more better um and uh you know that, that that's that's kind of where it all comes that's where it all stems from is those practices um and and in the intensity level just doesn't doesn't drop
0: and, and kind of piggybacking off of that I mean we, we've talked before about the impact of losing the D2 championship game last year had on lighting a fire under the girls coming to this year can you just kind of talk about that and and how that's sustained itself through the season
2: yeah you know we we had an exceptional season last year that you know all you know we started out two and two um and it's the same core group um obviously we lost a couple of a couple of seniors last year and Jess chamberlain and maddie speckman um but uh, you know our core is still here um most of the players were returning players um and 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 we did have an excellent season but it didn't it didn't have the punctuation mark at the end that we were looking for um you know it really hurt uh and and i i don't know if i'm still over it yet you know dan did a great job in that game and, and hanover was excellent but um we still talk about that game on a daily basis um we, we, we talk about remembering that feeling and, and remembering, you know, how, how or, you know, talking about the things that we did during that game and, and how we have, you know, how we're trying to progress to make sure that doesn't happen to us again. Um, and we talk about it all the time. I mean, that game, that game is
0: top of our mind all, all this year. What are some of those things from that game that you still discuss that have relevance now?
2: Yeah, that have um, you know, let's not speed up. Let's let's um, you know, kind of some of the cliche things you'll say. Let's give up a good pass, a good shot for a great, a great shot with one pass. Um, let's use each other. Let's not try to do it by ourself. Um, I felt like at moments in the, in the in that championship game last year, we tried to do a lot of things individually, um, and we worked through that this year a little bit. Um, we have moments of some of that stuff, but you know, I think every team deals with that. I think um, when we really hit. When, when we really have a great game it's when you know we have 22 assists and you know uh and it's 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 a balanced scoring it's not a it's not one person scoring 30 and everybody else chipping in with two or three you look across the board generally speaking um i think our high score this year is alex at 24 Jules maybe had 22 um but generally speaking we're we we have five people scoring you know 12 to twelve to eight points um and and that that becomes that that's been our focus this year it's just being a great team all the way around not being hung up on those individual stats you know we're all working for that one stat that that w um and and hopefully we can carry it up you know we we take that you know approach the cliche approach of game to game um but we all know where we want to go um and and we know we're going to have to continue to get better um, and, and to be honest, we play great teams. You know, we played. You know, we played Hanover. We played Laconia, Pembroke. Those, they also have great coaches, and and there's plenty of film out there on us that what well, we don't do well. So we watch we watch film and, and talk about film at least um, of, of the little things that we need to do better because everybody else is going to be I, I trying to identify our
0: weaknesses. Um, so that's what we really focus on. Now we've kind of already touched on you know just how how intense the, the effort has been defensively and, and the camaraderie of the of the players and all those kind of ingredients that have led to this, this successful season so far. But what has impressed you the most about what you've been able to see this year?
2: I, you know, I, the commitment to each other, um, the attitudes. You know, one thing that doesn't get talked about enough, I think, um, is – you know, we talk about the five or seven players generally that are on the floor most of the time, but if you come to any boat girls basketball game, the most electric part of anything is our bench. You know, everybody buying into their spot on on this team. Um, it is it is not just you know not just the varsity team. It's not just the JV team. It's it's program wide um, of the support uh, and and with your best seven your best seven out there all the time playing or eight or whatever it is. Um, The support of everybody else. I mean, it's just amazing to me. I think they're the kind of the unsung heroes. They work just as hard every single day in practice. Um, They're getting better. They're, they're preparing themselves for future runs, you know, in the coming years. Um, And, and these, these ladies that I have right now are are three captains like Alex and, and, and Bella and Lindsay are, are bringing them along, you know. So I, I see that building building of a program, um, you know, three years into this program, I see it building and getting bigger and better. Um, you know, that, that's really what I think. Uh, I, I, I'm just so proud of them. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, put jinxes out there. But, you know, these girls have won almost 30 regular season games in a row. and And, and we don't talk about it at all. Um, and they don't care. And it's like what you were, you, you know, kind of alluded to earlier, is that there's one goal in mind, um, and it's that one to get that sour taste out of our mouth of last year.
0: Yeah, you kind of brought me to the next question I wanted to ask, which is just so you know, you're 13-0, you have five regular season games left before the playoffs start. What are you kind of looking for in terms of improvement or areas of focus as you hit this stretch run of the regular season?
2: You know, we have a great game coming up against and I think that's going to be, you know, obviously two undefeated teams. Um, it's going to be a battle um, next Tuesday up in Kennan. But, you know, we really, we really are focused on um, making sure we do those little things. And, I mean, on a daily basis, we're doing box out drills, we're doing passing drills. Um, know we're doing those all those little things we've got everything built in for our offense and and for our defense and our schemes um so now we're just trying to fine-tune those you know those effort categories that we talk about um on defensive end and on the offensive end um that's what we're focused on we got to get a little bit better on on all of those little things um whether it's passing whether it's you know making the right decision you know where we should dribble drive Dribble, drive, pass, dribble, drive, float. You know, any any sort of those things. Um, we're working on all of those little things um, to try to try to just maintain where we're at and, and and increase. You know, you know our execution levels.
0: Anything else, coach? You want to add about the team? What it's been? What they've been like? to coach goals moving forward.
2: Man, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky to have this group of young ladies. Um, they're they're not only committed to each other, but they're committed to, to me and the and the coaching staff. Um, I'm proud to be I'm proud proud of where they are. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a, a, a trying few weeks coming up into March, and 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 we're going to work really hard. But I'm just proud of them. Um, it's been really fun a fun year, fun three years um, to be part of you know Alex and Juliet. Uh, Alex, uh, yeah, Juliet's been there. Um, there's so many girls Alex Juliet Lindsay Bella uh, Kendall Kate uh, that have been part of the program all three years of me being there so uh, I'm just I'm just excited to try to shepherd them to you know where they're gonna go uh, I'm, I'm just it, it's gonna be fun
0: all right Phil Davis head coach Bow girls basketball coach thanks so much for joining the podcast it's great to get some more insight into the program no, thanks Eric. All right. Thanks to uh, coach Davis for talking about uh, the bow girls team. He, he gets a lot of enjoyment as you heard uh, just talking about his group. And I guess it's easy to ha- have fun when you're winning every game. Uh, right. But this is a team that was heartbroken in the division two uh, finals last year. And they've kind of been on a mission to avenge that bad taste in their mouth uh, this year. So still a bit to go before the D two girls playoffs, but We talked about it before, big game on the road at Kennett on Tuesday. Kennett 12-0, both 13-0. So one of those teams is going back home with a one in that loss column for the first time this year. So thanks again to Coach Davis for stopping by the podcast. For Dan and I'm Eric Brinson-LaBelle. Thanks for joining us on the Monitor Sports Podcast. We'll be back next week.